This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent or not at all. This podcast aims to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Everything Voluntary. Do you want to know how to achieve a free society? Then read my second book, Toward a Free Society, a short guide on building a culture of liberty. You may download the book for free at everythingvoluntary.com or purchase it in paperback at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, Before we start the episode, I want to invite you to join me as a featured guest. I'd love to chat and get to know you and give you this platform to bounce your ideas around. To schedule, go to the main website at everythingvoluntary.com. On the right-hand side, there's a link to schedule with me immediately. Click that link, select a day and time, answer the questions, and submit. That's all it takes. Thank you so much. Um, How's your world been? Uh, well, I guess same old, same old. <laughs> I hear you. Same here, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, stability is a good thing. I guess that's what that implies. That's true. That's true. I guess as long as uh, good things are happening, that would be a good thing to keep stable, huh? <laughs> right, right. Well, okay, man. It's good to see you again. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've seen your uh, podcast come through. So looks like that's still working out for you. Yeah, that's going great. My contract's through the end of January. So I plan to keep doing that. And I'm having so much fun and learning so much with it. So, uh, yeah, or the radio show goes through that. I plan to continue it in pad- podcast form, even if I don't continue the radio portion. How, I'm just curious, how, have you had any responses to it? Anybody actually made any explicit reaching out to you about it at all? None whatsoever. Uh, I'm reminded of the uh, Office episode in which uh, Creed thinks he has a blog, uh, but somebody really just opened up a Microsoft Word document and he types <laughs> into it and he thinks the whole world is seeing it. I have no clue if anybody has ever heard my show outside of, you know, friends like you who have, I've yeah. said, hey, check this out. So I don't know what kind of reach it has at all. Well, yeah, I've kind of been in the same boat, you know, for seven years. I mean, I, I kind of have some download numbers and whatnot that I get through the feed syndicator and through uh, archive.org, which is where I host the files. I can kind of see a download count, but it's very, very rare that I actually get anybody email saying anything about it. Um, I know for sure that my wife listens because I can hear her playing it on her phone when she's doing laundry or dishes or things. So I know she listens. Oh, that's um, cool. <laughs> I know for sure that my friend Alex Knight, he listens. Cause if anybody comments on something I say, it's usually him just on the website in the comment section. He'll throw something down if I say something that he won't respond to. Right. Um, you know, and then, yeah, outside friends, friends and whatnot, who knows? <laughs> but that's, you know, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, I think you and I both have this passion there's something that we think is is good and is worth sharing and so uh yeah we can keep feeling filling the trough with water and beckoning the horses but if none come eh, 
you can't control the horses. We can only control how much water we put in the trough and the, the quality of the water. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a labor of love, I guess you'd say. So, hey, I did, I did have, um, I don't know if it's a suggestion or I guess I would just ask you because when, when your podcast, I'm just curious if you've thought about this, when your podcast, well, let me ask you this, who releases the podcast? Is that you or is that some automatic thing from the station? The station releases the podcast on three platforms and I release it on SoundCloud, which is kind of the primary one that I have a feed for. Okay. So I'm probably subscribed feed. I don't know what I'm subscribed to. I think I just went to my po- uh, podcast player and searched for Shepherd things. Um, well, what I, what I was going to ask you about is because when it's released as like the radio show, then you've got like an hour long and you've got all of the commercial breaks, you know what I mean? And all the stuff there. And I don't know if that's a requirement by the station, keep all that in there. Or if you're able to take it and cut it up so you just have the uh, the segments and then release the segments kind of as a as a titled episode so you kind of know what you're going to talk about in that segment. Because like it releases and it just has the date and it's like, all right, let's see what this is about. You know, you start listening to it and you don't know what the topics are going to be. Yes, uh, SoundCloud is the one that I have control of and that is a good suggestion. And that's actually what I do on SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud has uh, it broken into the four segments with a little description of each segment. Um, okay. So that one is the one that I would suggest. The others and, and mine have the the bumper music coming in and going out, but not um, not all the the commercials and such. Okay, then I'm probably subscribed to whatever syndication the uh, the the radio. That's probably how I got it. Now. And I'm having yeah. Yeah, that's my guess is that it's uh, probably iCloud or one of those that, that you're on. Sorry, I was looking for and I just Thinks, but it's actually Let's Think podcast. Correct. And that is confusing because Shepherd Thinks is the has been the name for the last year and a half or two of my YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, it's it's the the actual feed is omnicontent.com, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's not SoundCloud or Feedburn Correct. or anything like that. Okay, so um, you created your SoundCloud version of it. And I'm just curious if you went to the different directories like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and actually submitted it as a podcast. Have you done anything like that? I have not. Uh, My understanding uh, is that the station has done that uh, on, I think, Spotify and Apple and Omni. I think those are their three. Okay. That on the the station page they have the little symbols. And I'm not even sure what they are. I've I, since I I don't really trust anything I can't control. So I've I've only really paid attention to the uh, what you might call it the uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Okay, all right. Okay, so I have some experience with this because I I run my little podcast network here and I've got my podcast. So yeah, after you get your feed and my my feed comes from the website and it goes through a service called FeedBurner. You take that feed and then you go to Probably I usually go to like four or five. I go to Apple. I go to TuneIn, um, Spotify, pretty much the four or five big ones. And they usually have like a little form you can fill out to submit your podcast. And then all of the smaller directories, it'll eventually percolate out from there. And the smaller directories will start listening it just sort of automatically. Oh, so cool. I think I think the radio station did all of that for the radio version. 
but I don't think your SoundCloud version is getting percolated out. I think it's just through SoundCloud. And the only way people would get the get the feed link for that is if you send it to them like you just send it to me. Okay. So let me uh, copy that and scribe and see how it comes through just on my some totally random player. It's not an official. It's Podcast Attic on Android. It's not like Google Podcasts or anything like that. It's third party. Okay. Uh, I'm adding it now. Okay, so yeah, it has your 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 artwork that says openly voluntary, and it says let's think a voluntarist talk radio show with Shepard the Voluntarius. But and it has like your description, okay. But you should have episode in there, right? Yes. Okay, mine's any episode. So that's I don't hmm. know if for some reason SoundCloud has them blocked for third parties. So that might be something yeah, it, we can talk about offline. But anyway. That's interesting. It shows for me, it shows 29 tracks when I look it up. Are you looking at, at soundcloud.com though? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, let's go to that one. And this is in a, yes, a browser that I uh, use for the, uh, that I, I don't think it has as many cookies or not. In other words, I refresh it or I have it set to don't remember anything, um, which I know doesn't do that much, but um yeah, so that one also shows 29 tracks. Okay, no, yeah, I'm looking. So, yeah, 29, logic, values, harsh advice, uh, how to be a great employee. You got all these different um, parts. Okay. Yes. All right, so that's that's all available there on SoundCloud. But for some reason, when you take your feed outside of SoundCloud, it's not showing episodes. So why don't we, if you want to look into that or if you want my help to look into that, we can do that offline. We don't need to keep boring the audience <laughs> whatever audience we may have with, with talk about this but i'm glad you're doing that because that's 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 the feed i would prefer to subscribe to rather than the straight radio show you know what i mean so right right yeah so okay we can we can look at that later all right man perfect so uh hopefully that'll be something that gets out to folks and people enjoy and uh we'll see i was i was kind of hoping to have uh have a voice out there that is is accessible to everyone uh people who are not familiar with voluntarism or even libertarianism uh something that's easily digestible and non offensive and and doesn't take a huge jump so uh yeah yeah no it's it's fantastic i you know you've got and I'm sure you know this because you do a lot of work in this but you've got a fantastic voice. Uh, for for this, it's smooth, it's soft, it's comforting, all that stuff. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's oh, perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> and if you're talking about these ideas, I think coming from hearing your voice talk about voluntarism and some of these more radical ideas, it probably goes down a little smoother. You know what I mean? It goes down the esophagus, right? You drink it in a little, little smoother than somebody who has a, a bit more jarring voice, like a Larkin Rose. <laughs> His right, voice is right, pretty, pretty rough. Yeah, if only I had his content and could deliver it sweetly and softly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so um, I was about to say something else, but I totally just forgot. All right. Um, so you wanted to talk about consequences. Con let me just, I guess, set that up a bit, and you can tell me what you're talking about. Because consequences is one of those things that it's an important question in, I guess, in dealing with bad behavior, both for adults and for children. So this idea of consequences has been something I've thought a lot about as it regards to my parenting. Um, it's also an important topic in regards to economics. So what what did you sort of have in mind um, with, with that? You know, I've just been thinking about it a lot recently, and I think about how there isn't just one consequence when an action is taken. There can be a positive and a negative 
that comes along with it. And so if one of your kiddos leaves their bicycle in the driveway behind your car and you drive over it and ruin their bicycle, that was a consequence for them doing something irresponsible with their private property. You know, that's, that's of course, their choice to do what they want with their bicycle. I, I, you and I probably think they'd have more fun riding it. But if they would like to just lay it down behind the car and run in for a glass of water, that's their bicycle. And, and that's, they get to do with it what they want. And so the positive consequence of leaving their bicycle behind your car is that they don't have to waste their time taking the bicycle five feet further and laying it down on the grass. They have saved themselves a little bit of time and effort. So if they get a positive consequence from that. And then there's also a negative consequence. And that is their bicycle is now crushed when you back up and don't see it. And they no longer have a bicycle to ride. And I, I've thought about that as in my years as a cop. Well, you get you get to do whatever you want. Absolutely. You couldn't you can smoke meth. You can throw a punch at a cop. You can do these things. That's absolutely your choice. And there will be a consequence. And I think too often in life, we, the the masses, have gotten used to not having to take actions because other people take those actions for us. Uh, one of our, you know, a, a car, when you get into a modern car, it turns the light on for you when it gets dark out. And so you don't have to suffer the consequences of that action. Uh, that, that choice has been co-opted from you. And in this case, it's for comfort and we choose it. But this seems to be very evident today with masks, uh, the, the coerced mask wearing. Uh, there are consequences when you wear a mask uh, and there are some positive ones and there are some negative ones. That's kind of what got me thinking about this most recently. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what what it's called in science, somebody's law, but for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Right. So with consequences, there are any number of cause and effect, natural, um, probably hard to avoid consequences, um, either, you know, ultimately known or for forever remain unknown that may not have any actual, uh, may not really affect us in any perceptible way. And then there are consequences that sort of have in an in inter, I don't know if the word's interloper of human consciousness or human will, right? If I, if, if you um, take something of mine and I, I learn about it because you come up and mug me or I learn that you stole from me, the natural consequence is that if it was something that was important to me, I'll feel bothered and also, you'll have this thing you took from me and you'll be able to enjoy it for some time. But then it's like, you know, I enter as a, as a consciousness, as a will, and I can choose to respond to that in any number of ways. So I can recognize that now I'm annoyed or I'm angry and I can do the stoic thing and I can fill that out and prevent myself from making any rash decisions under that influence. Or I can allow it to influence, you know, my Neck, you know what I'm going to do next, and I can storm over to your house and barge in. And so it's like consequences can be natural and automatic, but there's also a lot of consequences that don't necessarily have to happen. And so you know, there's there's like we should recognize what consequences are likely to happen, right? You you know you're t you're used to be a cop, and you talked about um, somebody who does drugs, illicit quote illegal drugs, and a potential consequence of that, of course, is being caught and being arrested. But but being caught and being arrested and being tried and being thrown in jail, at every step of the way, there's human consciousness that is 
making a choice on what to do there. Yes. So it's it's important for us to recognize what other people may do, but I think we can also recognize that they don't have to do it, that they're choosing to do it, and maybe there's a way to stop them at some point. You know what I mean? Let's let's throw up something to to get them to change their mind. So we don't we don't yes. I don't think we have to accept consequences, those kind of consequences. Uh, but it can be a challenge to sort of interfere with them, I guess. Yes. Yes. And I and I see it more as a probability kind of thing. Um, that if you punch a cop uh, who is trying to give you a ticket for riding your bicycle without a helmet, if you punch the cop, the probable likelihood, I would say above 99%, is that that cop will then arrest you or call their their partners to come and arrest you. And is there a, a way that sometimes when a person getting a ticket for um, not wearing a helmet on their bicycle uh, and punching a cop when that person doesn't get arrested, perhaps, and we could work on that. But I, I think the, like you say, with, with things social, they become uh, complex issues and you can't predict them with as much accuracy as you can with a uh, simple issue, the complexity theory thing. Uh, that was it Nassim Habib from uh, the Black Swan wrote about. I'm on my second reading of it, and I love that concept of of complex issues or complex problems and how unpredictable they are. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, um, and I kind of touched on it earlier. But when it when it comes to economics, um, I mean this this is exactly what Henry Hazlitt wrote in Economics in One Lesson that the that the indication or the mark of a good economist is not only considering the effects of a policy on one group of people at one time, but on every group, on every group of, that sounds, that doesn't sound correct. That sounds like bad grammar. Every group of people, <laughs> every group of people. It's real every, close. <laughs> anyway, um, across time. So everybody at all times. And then, you know, fantastic book. It's, it's really a good book to read. Um, people just, yeah, people are just so so arrogant <laughs> that they think um i don't know if it was hayek or, or somebody else that said that um i don't know if he said arrogance or uh hubris or what that that people i don't know the quote something about um thinking they can design <laughs> i feel right, like george bush right. help me out here uh, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and i'm not familiar with that quote but it's certainly that idea of of the the things social being a complexity issue and if if we're standing out on a parking lot and we have a, a football, uh, an American football, and we have a soccer ball, and we throw the soccer ball as hard as we can for the corner of the parking lot, we can predict fairly well, uh, fairly closely, where that soccer ball is going to end up as far as the left and right goes. But if we throw the football after that first bounce, we don't know if it's going to go 30 degrees off to the left or right or what. And then the second bounce... Like thinking that we could predict what the second bounce is going to do, and then the third and the fourth bounce, uh, that's, I think, a good example of, of complexity theory in humans, human nature. So you punch the cop, and the cop looks at you and says, hey, brother, I, why'd you do that? Well, now that's a completely unexpected bounce of the football, and you guys end up talking, and you apologize, and he comes over for lunch, and he becomes a voluntarist and gets a real job. Like that could happen in in things social because you can't always predict with absolute certainty how that ball is going to bounce if it's a football, American football. Yeah. So 
Let me redeem myself. That was a, that's a quote by Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, he said, the curious task of economics is to demonstrate to men how little they really know about what they imagine they can design. So the, the economist will point out, you know, given any particular policy, here's, here's the consequences you hope to achieve, but here are the consequences that are likely to achieve, and here's a bunch of consequences unintended that will also more or less uh, occur. And unfortunately, there's just there's just no good economist being employed by government <laughs> when they make policy and want to inflict it on the rest of us. And the trouble, the very the really troubling thing with that is nobody's doing that without the you know without without permission from the body politic, right? We see we see polit we see politics and government behaving badly and doing ridiculous things. But they they wouldn't. That's that's a consequence of them really having permission to do all that stuff by so many people. Now those people, most for the most part, you know, we would probably argue that they've been they've been lied to and duped into their acquiescence. But there's still a lot of people that are true believers. You know, that really believe in everything that's happening and. You know they're they're really among the loudest that are giving these politicians uh, uh, the mandate or the permission to continue doing what they're doing. So you know politicians do do what they do, and we can um, we can heart, uh, we can throw scorn at them, and we can point that out, and we can criticize them, and do all that stuff. But you know the people need to be taken to task too for for allowing it to happen. Yes, I, I think we, uh, yeah, that's the consequence of letting the uh, headlights come on automatically. And you get so used to that, that all of a sudden you think, well, well, I have this sticky note that says don't grow. And we slapped that on the government, uh, which is, is a cancer. And we so we slapped this sticky note, which which we call a constitution on the government, which is a cancer. And we now expect that cancer not to grow and not to do bad things. Um, and I shouldn't say we, because as Lysander Splinter pointed out so well, I never signed any constitution and neither did my mommy or daddy. And even if they had, they couldn't have applied it to me. So uh, that's a good point. But right now I look at government as uh, just another criminal gang. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't really, I don't know if we agree because I wouldn't, I don't want to petition the gang on what they can and can't or should and shouldn't do to me. It's simply a matter of force. If five of you could actually, I'm an old fat guy. So if one of you comes up and you have a, a puffed up stomach and some tattoos that intimidate me and you say, give me five bucks, I'll probably just do it. And whether you're wearing a, a, a costume with a beautiful golden brooch on the, the uh, chest of it, or whether you're wearing a pink top, whatever you're wearing doesn't really matter. And how many of the people back at your, uh, how many homies you have back there, whether there are other homies that got sworn in by another homie that had a black robe on, or if they're just homies in the backyard drinking some 40 ounces, uh, it doesn't really matter. You're, they're just criminals that come. And I, I think that that is the problem, kind of the most dangerous superstition idea is that so many people are used to saying, oh, well, no, that's just how it is. And if that particular costumed person extorts from me, then it's okay because don't you see they're wearing that costume. Yeah, it's uh, when I when I see um, when I see political actors 
doing doing the things that they do. And then I see um, people going along with it, allowing it. And even for the most part, a lot of people, you know, if, if they're the ones being attacked, they will they will acquiesce and they will they will do what's being asked of them. They will they will write the check for the you know the small claims court judgment or or whatever. And it it really kind of um, it really kind of gives me hope that a free it, what it what it shows me is that a free society is possible because what what are what are we talking about? We talk about getting rid of monopoly government. We're talking about having private uh, security and private peacekeepers and private dispute adjudicators and dispute resolution organizations. And then the question is always, why would somebody who has some random judgment against them by some private judge, why would they pay any attention to that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because that random judgment or that 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 judgment from some random private judge is going to be made public and it's going to be recorded and it's going to be known by people throughout the community as well as businesses as well as you know things like credit reporting agencies and other things that other companies rely on to verify your reputation for whether it's credit worthiness or virtue worthiness or whatever it happens to be and I, I you can see all these kinds of institutions and so while it's true that that judge doesn't have a monopoly and he doesn't have a prison system and he doesn't have a police force that can just come and arrest you I think most people will participate most people will recognize because they don't they don't want to have to deal with the consequences all the negative consequences that are going to happen in their life all the hassles that are, that are going to come their way if they right. don't if they don't agree that this is a valid judgment against me and I need to fulfill it right they don't want the fallout from being the person who who doesn't go along with all of that and i think that seeing seeing society go along with monopoly government in that way that actually that actually shows me that they'll go along with non-monopoly government too. So that, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's that a good sense. point. If if the, yes, and I think that that is the challenge that uh, people like you and me, uh, activists for peace and and liberty and, and freedom, I think that is our challenge is getting the the duped masses to they're you know they're listening to the commercials that says you know this this sports drink it's what plants crave uh from the uh the movie idiocracy but we're having to compete with that and say no the plants want clear fresh water that's what they really crave and actually they're just plants so they don't have the emotion of craving however that is what will help them grow and having that message i mean how to how do dudes like you and me make that sexy and appealing and and what's our uh, whatever they call it in digital uh, marketing or whatever our our cost per click or whatever or our client acquisition cost uh how do we get uh four million people to subscribe to this message and assuming that i have between one and fifty thousand listeners to my uh radio show which it probably is a little closer to the one and that might be an exaggeration how do i reach those four million people and say, hey, listen, uh, you don't have to trust that criminal gang over there. By the way, Skylar and I are pretty level-headed dudes. And if you ever have a conflict with a neighbor, we'd be both be willing to kind of weigh in on it and, and help you guys resolve it. Want to do that? Uh, to me, that seems like the challenge is just getting that message across to 4 million people or 40 people. or And I shouldn't be, you know, I'm not having a downer message here. When I first got interested in voluntarism, 
in 2007, eight ish, the growth has just been explosive. Uh, the Republicans and Democrats, and they could only dream of having the explosive growth. Now, having said that, we still might only be at 20 or 50,000 people. But back then in the day, I think there were probably only a couple thousand. So we're growing rapidly and we're getting the message out. However, if the ball bounces as a soccer ball would bounce, it's not going to get as far as we need to go very soon. So we have to hope for that football radical bounce, uh, that something happens that just explodes it everywhere. You know, Britney Spears and Joe Rogan both become voluntarists and put the message out or you know, some some unexpected football bounce like that to really help the masses realize, hey, we can go along with a, a non-plan instead of a plan. Well, yeah, and that I, I kind of like that football analogy because the football bounces, you have no idea where it's going. And it could be, it could, from the same amount of force, depending on the angle it hits, it could be a small in a diversion or it can be a really large diversion. And I think that's kind of like, that's kind of like life. And it's kind of like history because things happen like 20, like look at 2020, this thing happened, this pandemic, what, what a great opportunity this has been in for many different facets for libertarians to stand up and speak their mind and convince people that things should be this way and not that way. So every time that football of history, if you will, <laughs> bounces yeah. and it gives us another um, something else to deal with, we should stand up and say, look, we recognize this is what's going on. Here's the problems with what the powers that be want to do. And here's probably how it should should be done. And we can we can talk about ethics and we can talk about economics and we can talk about science. But to always stand up and say, you know, always use – because what do they what do they say? They say never let a crisis go to waste. Right. We sh- we should be that same way. Never let a crisis go to waste. Here's our opportunity to speak to the crisis from our particular perspective and point of view, and get that message out there. So um, I don't know if it was Tom Woods. I think it was Tom Woods. I think when he was on with Michael Malice recently, they were they were talking a little bit about this. How um, no, it was it was an earlier episode. Tom was talking about. He was talking about his own history and, and the cr- different crossroads that he stood at. And for a lot of people, it's these big historical moments that will stick a crossroads in front of them that they need to choose which one they want to walk down. Do we want to walk down the status quo, everything the government's saying, or do we want to look at alternatives? And so every time some crisis happens, that gives people an opportunity. So if we're on one of those crossroads and we're screaming our message, it's more likely that they're going to hear it and come towards us than without the crisis. You know what I mean? Because now yes. they're not looking. There's no crisis. They're not looking. Now, that's not to say yes. that every, every other crazy ideology isn't doing the same thing. They are, right? You get the race realists doing their thing. You get the identity politics, the woke people doing their thing. But you can have the, the voluntarists doing their thing, and you'll get, you'll get people thinking about it. Yes, and it's a and the world is a marketplace. Uh, you and you and I believe in the free market, and there is a market out there for uh, bottled water and for transportation and and for a lot of things. And there there's also a market out there for ideas and for philosophy. And it's incumbent upon those of us that want to 
get our messages across to compete in that market and put out our messages. We need to do our branding correctly and our marketing, and we need to have quality products that we put out in our ideas. And I think that it's, it's not a, something that we organize to have happen. There are people that automatically pop up that are way smarter than I am, but that don't really want to go to the effort of getting a podcast going and learning all about audio mixing and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, so they're going to do their academic thing, and they might not even have the personality that they would be, uh, anybody would really enjoy listening to them elsewhere. Well, that's, that's fine. They put out the good content. I can take that content. And then I can get great advice from you or, or from Case and Bryden over at Anarchy.media. I mean, that's what they do there is they help activists like us get out uh, our message through, you know, more higher quality digital stuff. Well, we each have our own uh, thing that we do. And if we do it right and we do it well and we have a good message, it should sell. We should be able to beat out McDonald's and communism and all the other competitors for ideas and food and everything else. We just have to have a great product and work hard and get a little lucky. What what was that website you just said? Anarchy dot something? Anarchy dot media. And Kason Bryden, uh, he works with Patrick Smith, who is uh, disenthrall. He's taken over the Anarchist from Jeff Berwick. Uh, Jeff Berwick selected him as the person to carry that on. And uh, so Kason is a former mainstream TV, uh, I don't know, technological guru. He wasn't the broad, uh, the broadcaster, but he did the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and he's been trying to show me things over the last week. I'm a bit dense, but uh, you, you, we have people out there that are willing to help like him, like Nathan Shucker with uh, his mad skills in video production and such. Uh, so there are all these different people out there that are wanting and willing to help uh, and sometimes for a fee, I would help uh, help other people get their message out. And uh, I, I just love all this, the spontaneous uh, order that seems to come out of what some would say is chaos. You know, who's really leading all of you uh, voluntarists? Like, I want to talk to the guy in charge. We're saying, well, no, there is no guy or gal in charge. We're just each kind of going out and living life and helping folks out and being nice and discussing ideas there's no rank there's no structure here there's just people willing to help each other yeah. works out nicely so i went to that website and at the bottom he had a link to something he calls peacefulparentinguniversity.com that caught my eye yes um, he and patrick started that up patrick is a peaceful parent and yeah, says uh, he's, a, he's a peaceful parent unschooling father of three that's yes that's what i am <laughs> yeah you and patrick should definitely uh, connect you two. And I've actually mentioned you to him. Um, so yes. You, you, know him, you know him better than, than uh, your, I don't know, your random person. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've, I've gotten to chat with him a few times in Arcapoco down in, uh, at the uh, event in Mexico. And uh, yes, he's a, a powerful speech speaker. We also share, we both, uh, uh, our daughters both got cancer and uh, unfortunately mine, Lauren died a couple of years ago and his a couple of weeks ago, uh, kind of, I'm not going to say, I don't know if survived is the right word, but she's like given a clean bill of health and she's a little thing like, you know, four five, six years old, something like that. And uh, yeah, so he just had an awesome uh, outcome there. And, yeah. and so we kind of had that bonding thing as well, but you know, just the, the four of us, 
the work that we're putting out, uh, I, think, I think we're doing some pretty good stuff. I think I think we're going to have some success in the long run if we keep uh, putting out the good stuff. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I can, looks like I can, he's got his email here. I'll, I'll shoot him an email and I'll drop your name. So he, <laughs> so it's not totally out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that'd be great. Um, so when you mentioned that you wanted to talk about consequences, I went to Cora and I found their consequences topic and I looked at questions <laughs> and I've just been scrolling through it and, ah. <laughs> um, let me throw a couple questions at you that you know, maybe kind of fun to talk about. Yeah. See what you think. You don't, you don't know what these are. I haven't sent, I haven't sent these to you ahead of time. (laughs) This one, this one just caught my eye. What other cons, what are the consequences of immortality? (laughs) Wow. What are the consequences of something that doesn't exist? Um, At least let's, let's pretend you can be immortal. What, what would be the consequences (laughs) of that? What do you think? You know, I'm going to have to answer that with the uh, the complexity theory uh, football bouncing thing. And the, the answer is, I have no idea. I can't even, uh, yeah, if I did have an idea that I could be 70% accurate on, then I think I would have to rethink there being a leader of all people and that that person should be me. <laughs> but I, I have to say, there's no way I or anybody else could come up with, we could come up with crazy ideas, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's some things I would think about right off the bat that, you know, if people were going to live forever, that would fill the world up and there'd be way more people if they weren't dying off at, at the same rate, you get kind of crowded. That would seem to be one issue, but I think Bill Gates and his friends are fixing that. So I, I think they have that well in hand uh, <laughs> to get us to the perfect number of 500 million. Um, yeah, I don't know. That would, that would sure make friendships long. I, we might get along fairly well for 20 or 30 or 40 years, but after a while, I think it'd be like, Skylar, dude, you already told me that joke. Move <laughs> on. And, and you'd be like, Shepard, you've already made that point. This is getting boring. Um, that would be interesting to be married to the same. I'd, I'm in a good position. I bet you are too, that it'd be great to be married to someone for a couple hundred thousand years, but for some people, that could kind of turn out to be a little bit of a tug gun. It hoped I wouldn't live that long kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've this is. I mean, everybody seems to want. This is why some are religious. Everybody seems to want to exist forever. And while I would like to experience a different kind of existence, I you know, I'm curious. You know, right? Is there a, a spiritual life after this one? Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? And what is that like? There's a curiosity. We imagine, humanity imagines all sorts of things. We we put it in movies, we put it in shows, we put it in literature. Um, just the idea of existing forever, it just really seems like at some point you're not gonna wanna you're not gonna wanna exist anymore. It seems like seen everything, done everything, I wanna be done. Let me ask you this. I just remembered this. Did you ever watch The Good Place? It was a TV show? No. Okay, I don't wanna spoil it. I think it's on Netflix, four seasons. And if you want a show that talks about philosophy and ethics and the afterlife, you've got to watch that show. It is a roller coaster. The name of it again? The Good Place. The Good Place. All right. Yeah. And is this a movie or it's a series? It's a series. I think it's four seasons of maybe 10 episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, 
but I will say it was it was fantastic the way that they the way that they did everything the way that they looked at all the ins and outs of the good I'll just tell you the good place is there's two places when you die there's the good place and the bad place okay and you know you exist in a certain way in either place and things happen to you or you can do stuff and blah 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 but it is it is really kind of a uh, kind of a mind fuck in different ways too as you as you go through the episodes and the seasons, there's a lot of twists and turns. It's yeah, exactly like the football. So I'm going to recommend that to you um, and anybody else who's listening. Definitely watch The Good Place. Um, Great. Yeah, I'll have to get that on our yeah. next uh, home incarceration period uh, to save us from the COVIDs. Uh, that'll be my my plan to <laughs> do a binge watch of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's really good. So, um, all right immortality maybe not maybe not what what we think it is <laughs> <laughs> well and now i'll give the political answer to that well you know that's a really good question skylar i just think that vehicles that run well are the best what <laughs> where'd that come from <laughs> vote for me <laughs> okay here's a question let's see if we can answer this what would be the negative consequences of world peace wow that's an interesting question uh I was going to, you know, my first thing that pops into my head, well, of course, it's complex, so I, I don't know. But if I was going to guess, my first thing would be overpopulation. But then that's not really true. I've heard various things about how you actually, when you have war, you end up with more people afterward because uh, there's, boom, there's yeah. just, yeah, there's more breeding going on around wars, uh, human breeding. So I don't know what, uh, yeah, so it wouldn't be that. I don't know. I would sure like to find out. I'd be willing to go for that ride. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, just the idea of world peace. How, how could that even be achieved? Um, uh, yeah, obviously, there's, there's a lot of follow-up questions. Does world peace just mean countries aren't at war with each other? Or does it mean countries aren't at war within their own borders, that people aren't at war with each other? That parents aren't at war with their kids, that kids aren't at war with their teachers. What is what does world peace mean? Uh, probably yeah, it, not something we can ever achieve. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, and you know that that is something that that, and I'm just glancing at the two uh, dictionary definitions. The first one is freedom from disturbance, tranquility, and then the second of uh, being a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. Uh, those are, that's the definition of peace, and we can kind of think of the world, uh, the definition of world. So I think about the idea of freedom from disturbance, tranquility. Uh, that would be kind of neat if everybody had that, because I can I can complain in my nice, comfortable house with my nice life. I can complain about how horrible the world is. However, I've really got to say this whole my whole lifetime has been in relative peace and tranquility, lack of disturbance. That has been really nice. And I would love it if everybody could experience that. If the little uh, Israeli and Arab kids could grow up not having that, that fear of the big booms happening five miles or 30 miles away and, and just have that tranquility. Oh, I would wish that upon everyone. Okay, so let's 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 fly. just just thinking a way of of finding a way to answer the negative consequences of world peace. Would another way to say that would be the absence of the positive consequences of conflict. So 
there's the question. What are some positive consequences from, and we're not, you know, we don't have to weigh the positives and the negatives from conflict and say what outweighs what. Obviously, the the negatives will probably far outweigh any positive. If there's any positives to conflict, they're going to be silver linings. So what silver linings from, uh, what silver linings exist as a consequence to human conflict and human war? Let's figure out what that mm. is. And then we can say the negative consequences of world peace may be less of that thing. <laughs> right, right. So maybe toughness. I, I think if you go through war, it, it whether it's as the, what was that book uh, from years ago, The Painted Bird or something, the little boy, little gypsy boy that traveled around Germany in, during the Second World War uh, is a novel. But that kid saw a lot of nastiness. But at the end, he was pretty tough, kind of like the carpenter that works for 30 years without wearing gloves, really tough hands. So, yeah, if you didn't have war to toughen you up, uh, maybe we would all be softer and not as resilient. Maybe when we heard a, uh, a tree fall in the woods, it would just frighten the heck out of us because we can't really say, well, at least that's a tree. It wasn't a bomb. That's the biggest thing that's ever happened is a tree falling. Maybe it would just kind of wimpify us some. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well that and that 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 reminds me of okay, the reason that modern man has such fragile bones and fragile jaws and we have an issue with uh wisdom teeth not having enough room in our mouths is because our jaws and our bones do not grow as thick and as big as it used to because our food is so much softer. We're not we're not from hmm. from birth until, you know, adulthood, we're not crunching down on hard stuff okay okay so that's that's where like like wisdom teeth impacted teeth that sort of stuff those are evolutionary mismatch diseases that are a result of the softening of our foods so there's a lot of these evolutionary mismatch diseases that come about as a as as a result as a consequence of the softening of our environment stuff like that too um that also reminds so that's that's one thing that also reminds me of uh, whenever Joe Rogan, or not just Joe Rogan, but other comedy or podcasts I listen to with comics, whenever they talk about their, you know, some of the really good comics, Bill Burr, Joe, you know, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, uh, Louis C.K., all these guys, when they talk about their childhood, it's usually filled with trauma and strife, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's that seems for a lot of them to be the breeding ground of really really radical comedy. You know what I mean? Really funny, really on the edge, um, stuff like that. So, you know, and, and a lot of them probably believe that with without that bad shit that happened to them, that they wouldn't be the comic they are today. Right. And without right. having having those comics, you know, how how much worse off would the rest of us be not being able to enjoy that that comedy? And so if if we had world peace and everybody was raised the way I want everybody to be raised, you're not gonna have the trauma. You're not gonna have uh, the broken people that can ultimately become really great artists because they draw on that in so so many different ways. And so maybe a negative consequence of world peace is we're more boring. Yeah, 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 more of a vanilla world. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I still think it'd be worth going for, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's a good point. There there could be issues. There could be issues. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Here's an idea. Let's talk ourselves out of voluntarism. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you know, I actually have the temptation every so often when I see something that I really want to get involved in politics that I think, okay, in this case, maybe it's worth it. And I, I think one of the biggest ones is King uh, Kingsley Edwards. He's the guy that in, uh, started Float, F-L-O-T-E, the social media platform. And I got to know his uh, mom and stepdad in Acapulco uh, some years ago. So I've, I've liked him since then. He recently got married to Aaron, who's also a casual acquaintance, as is he. And so he started up this, this thing called Float. And I've been hearing more and more about him, like he's doing great stuff. Well, his dad... His bio dad, I don't know, 30 years ago or so, was arrested for drug dealing. And I think it was something that wasn't, like, not serious stuff where he went out and killed people. He was just some dude that was selling drugs. And he's still in prison. So Kingsley will have a, a petition go around every so often saying, hey, will you please sign saying you want my dad to be released? Well, Jesus, Pete, do I ever want to sign that? But then if I do, I'm legitimizing the government and saying, okay, please do. I, I do want to participate in the, the process. I want to beg or borrow or bribe or whatever uh, people who vote and people who uh, uh, petition the government. I don't want to petition the government. No, you guys are a criminal gang. And by me legitimizing you, I give you more strength. And I'm saying, well, okay, I'll go through your process to do this. And that's kind of how I, that's one of my biggest struggles is I want to, I want to write a letter to free Ross or, or to free Kingsley's dad or that kind of thing. That's, that's one of my biggest struggles in, in voluntarism. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like the struggle of, so, so as you know, the, the federal um, house of representatives just passed the, that marijuana legalization, whatever. I mean, they, they voted for, it, but the Senate probably won't. Is this in the U.S. government or a state? Yeah, this is the U.S. It's called the uh, okay. It's called the Moore the Moore Act M O R E. It's marijuana something something. Okay. It's designed to remove it as a Schedule One drug, but it's also it's also going and it's also designed to expunge some some criminal record related to it federally. But it's also going to set up a tax on it. So you know, there's a lot of people in. Thomas Massey, who was probably one of the one of the only libertarian types in Congress, said he didn't vote against it because he can't vote to create to expand government by setting up this tax. Right. And I, you know, you see his point, but then I agree with with the people over at Reason who talked about this on their podcast that you've got to you've got to yeah, there's there's that impulse we don't want to give government more money and of course if you don't if you don't buy marijuana, you don't pay the tax and you're not giving the money. So it's not it's not like they're just coming and taking it. You've got to you've got to buy something. You, you know, you can still you can still buy it on the uh, secondhand market, if you will. <laughs> right. Right. You know, black the real markets market. and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to give the state more money, but you also don't want the state to threaten people who engage in this activity. So it's like, which is the lesser evil, which the way I look at it <clears throat> is if is this creating less government coercion or more. And I think going from a state of prohibition to a state of legalized but taxed, I think that's creating less less coercion because now if you possess it, if you have it, or if you deal in it, um, you're not being threatened with prison for years, you know, totally destroy your life for years and years and years, as long as you collect the tax like any other sales tax and you you remit it as as the dealer. 
So it's, you know, I see his point. You don't, you don't want to, because, because what a lot of these places that have legalized marijuana have seen is that they can make a lot of money from this. Surprise, surprise. And you don't want to see more money go into government coffers because then that increases their spending and increases their programs, blah, blah, blah. So I, I get that impulse, but at the same time, I want less people being threatened with, with, you know, with prison time. So right. it's, it's like it's like that trade off. You know, what do you do? You don't want to legitimize. You don't want to legitimize the process by participating in it, even if they're coming at and attacking, claiming you're violating their codes and they'll fine you, arrest you. You want to just hope you can just stay in your house and ignore it. But that's not what the consequence is going to be. So coming back to consequences, at some point, you got to defend yourself, right? You've got to try to defend mm-hmm. yourself. And I guess you can be as loud as you can that you object to the whole thing, you know, at the same time you're defending yourself and that you don't, you don't consent. And some people may pay attention to that. Other people will think you're just a whack job. Uh, well, I think um, that was Rothbard's yeah. argument. Rothbard was all about, he, of course, he wasn't a voluntarist. He was an anarcho-capitalist. And I think that's kind of the dividing line. If you're okay with, you know, uh, Ron Paul is going to run for president and he has a real good chance of getting it and his vice president is going to be Larkin Rose, there would be a huge temptation for voluntarists to say, whoa, we could actually make this happen. Like if there actually was a good probability that that's how the football would bounce, then there would be the the temptation to do that. And if if a person did choose to do that, if you choose to make that vote or you choose to sign the petition to free Ross, a, a petition going to government, then you might, in fact, be making a very good tactical move. However, you're no longer a voluntarist. You're now. Uh, an anarcho-capitalist, but you're no longer a voluntarist because you are now using the political system. And that's the the whole foundation of it is we don't use the political system. And maybe that's just a dogmatic bad idea. Maybe we should all give that up and go to anarcho-capitalism. But I haven't been persuaded in the long run, especially because this is a, a complexity theory issue. I haven't been persuaded that there's a good enough reason to give up my subjective morality for that. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, haven't voted, and I don't. <clears throat> I don't plan on voting. I did. It, yeah, it's just a total waste of time. I don't know. We live. We deal with the fallout of our choices and the choices of others. Sometimes greatly. Well, it's been it's been about an hour, man. So why don't I let you go? This was great. I, I had really fun with this random topic we decided to riff on. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Same back at you. It's always fun to have intelligent conversations. And gosh, anybody out there listening I, I hope you write to Skyler shoot him an email and say hey you guys got it completely wrong here or uh, sometime you guys ought to talk about such and such or have so and so on and I, I know that on my show the let's think show I love that that feedback I mean that helps helps you decide what you're gonna do and I would imagine the same's true for you right Skyler yeah yeah definitely I'd love I'd love to I'd love to get more feedback from people and it's pretty easy you can just email everything voluntary at gmail.com it's the name the name of the podcast at gmail.com yeah yeah well thanks for having me on again I really appreciate it yeah thanks so much man we'll uh you know go schedule again for a few weeks out and we'll do it again as as often as you like sounds great I look forward to it <laughs> all right bud we'll see you later take care bye please send your comments and questions to everything voluntary at gmail.com
please consider supporting this podcast and everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EVC. One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary. Will you do us a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. We really appreciate it.